Love is the greatest thing. Or at least that's what God says through the Apostle Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13. But the big question is, uh, what is this love? How does God define love? Well, this is what we're studying together, and this is the very question God answers in these words from 1 Corinthians, chapter 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I don't know about you, but I find it fascinating that out of God's description of love, which covers 15 items, over half of the items in God's description of love are about what love is not. And I have a theory about this. My theory is that our world's definition of love is so confused that over half of God's work in the hearts of his people, is breaking down our thinking about love that is just dead wrong. And it's no wonder that we're confused when you hear, really listen to the messages about love in our world and how self-centered the definition of love is. I mean, 90% of popular music is about love where the lyrics define love as this selfish grab for uh, longing and desire for love from someone. Uh, The secular bookshelf is 90% of the books on love is, you know what it's about? It's about uh, how to learn better to love myself. And when our world gets around to talking about love in the form of really giving love to other people, the motivation tends to go like this. Uh, Please feed hungry people. Please volunteer for the needy in your community. Why? Because you'll feel so good. You'll feel so good about yourself. Yeah, the messages of love in our uh, culture are so much a part of a self-centered worldview. And then contrary to that worldview comes God's description of love in 1 Corinthians 13, where God says, I am love. (laughs) I know. Uh, I know what love is. And my love is not self-seeking. Now, uh, what God means by the fact that love is not self-seeking is uh, we get to the heart of it when we uh, reflect on the Greek word for love in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, The Apostle Paul uses the same Greek word for love over and over, 10 times in 1 Corinthians 13. And before we talk about what word uh, in Greek Paul does use for love in 1 Corinthians 13, let's study uh, the Greek words that Paul does not use in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, In English, of course, we only have one word for love. Uh, We say, I love my country, I love my parents, I love my iPhone, I love pizza and milkshakes. We use the same word love for all that stuff. But uh, of course, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes in Greek, and Greek has at least four different Greek words for love. Uh, We have uh, storge, which is family love. 
an eros, which is romantic love, and phile, which is friendship love. And I think you'll understand what I mean when I say that these three loves are self-serving. And by self-serving, I don't mean they're bad. I just mean that these loves uh, have a benefit that comes to me. Uh, take storge love, for example. It's, uh, it's that mutual beneficial relationship between those who share the same flesh and blood or uh, where there's a mutual family commitment uh, based on supporting each other and being uh, there for each other, helping each other through thick and thin. It benefits itself serving. And then obviously Eros love is self-serving because it's about following my romantic drives based on attraction. And then Philae love is also self-serving because it's based on my personal preference. Uh, I get to choose my pals. I get to uh, choose friends based on what I like in a friend and what I need in a friend. And if a friend doesn't meet my needs, then I can move on to another friend. Uh, it's self-serving. But there's a fourth Greek word for love, and it has an interesting backstory because in the first century, this Greek word for love had completely fallen out of use. But the first century followers of Jesus who wrote the New Testament, like the Apostle Paul, uh, took this unused Greek word and dusted it off and infused it with this powerful Christ-centered meaning. This fourth Greek word for love is agape, which is an unselfish, others-focused, sacrificial love. Uh, there's one more element to agape love, which we'll talk about next time. But notice how the center of agape love is this unselfish, un others-focused, sacrificial love that is not self-seeking. And when the uh, writers of the New Testament refer to God's love for you and for me, when they refer to uh, the love that uh, pours out from a God into our lives out to others, they always, 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 always use the Greek word agape. Uh, for instance, uh, the apostle John in his fourth chapter of his first letter writes uh, this, this is agape, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And this is what God says in 1 Corinthians 13, that love is not self-seeking. Agape is not self-seeking. And uh, that this agape love, God defines personally by coming personally to die on the cross. And that's the perfect expression of agape, the love of Jesus on the cross. The agape love of Jesus is uh, unselfish, others-focused, and sacrificial love. Uh, let's start with the fact that, God, that Jesus' agape love is unselfish. Uh, that agape love is unselfish speaks to, the, to what did not motivate Jesus to go to the cross. Uh, Jesus was not motivated uh, by any selfish motive. Uh, it's not like uh, Jesus came to us to seek popularity from us. It's not like Jesus hung on the cross uh, because we were such great people who would surely do the same thing for him. No, when Jesus died on the cross for us, uh, he did it when we were still his enemies. It was completely uh, motivated by unselfish agape love. 
And when this agape love of Jesus indwells a believer through the Holy Spirit, you can see it in their unselfish ways. I'm thinking of a man who has uh, grown sons now, but he volunteers in BlackRock's father-son ministry so that he can be a surrogate dad to some boys who don't have a dad. But not only uh, for a a one-year stint, but he follows these young boys without dads and mentors them for years until now they are young men who follow Jesus. And these young men would say that they have received agape love from this uh, surrogate dad uh, because he did what he did in in their lives completely with unselfish motives, uh, never getting praise, never getting credit, not even getting thanks from these young men until uh, they've reached maturity in recent days. And now thank this man for all that agape love that has changed their lives. Next, uh, the agape love of Jesus is others focused. Um, That agape is unselfish speaks to what did not motivate Jesus to go to the cross. That Agape is others focused, speaks to what does motivate the heart of Jesus to give himself on the cross. Jesus' love is others focused. Agape is doing good for others. It's elevating someone else. It's serving someone else. Agape is benefiting someone else without benefit to self. And when Uh, A believer in Jesus is filled with his agape love. You see it in their other's focus. I'm thinking of a a high school student who is a Christ follower in our fusion ministry at BlackRock, and his parents are going through a divorce. And most teenagers, when when their parents are going through a divorce, sink into a self-focus, a self-focus of anger and bitterness that extends to all their relationships. But not this young man who is influenced by the indwelling agape love of Jesus. Instead of being self-focused, he has turned his focus to others, particularly to his younger brother and sister, and making sure that uh, they are heard and uh, sheltered uh, by his love in this uh, traumatic time. And uh, this young man even has a focus on his divorcing parents and the way he shows love and respect to his mom and dad is forming a model for the way that his mom and dad are interacting for each other. See this uh, other's focus in this young man is healing his broken family. And, uh, Then there is the agape love of Jesus that is sacrificial. Uh, Jesus' love for us is not a warm feeling. It's not lovey-dovey thoughts. No, the agape love of Jesus proves that God's kind of love always involves a personal cost. It's self-sacrificial. And when agape love indwells a believer through the Holy Spirit, you see it in a person's sacrificial acts. And I'm thinking of a woman who's part of our prayer ministry here at Black Rock. And when someone walks into our uh, prayer room, she would uh, pray for them. And then she would give them at the end a uh, pre-printed card with her personal cell phone number on it and say, if you ever need a listening ear, if you ever need someone to whisper a prayer uh, over you, just use this card. Call me anytime. 
But not only does she hand it out to strangers here at church, but if a workman is uh, in her home uh, fixing her furnace and that workman uh, unloads a, a burden uh, to uh, to her, she'll pray for that uh, workman and then she'll give him that card and say, if you ever need a listening ear, if you ever need someone to pray blessing over you, just use that card anytime. And you may say, I would never do that. I would never uh, hand out my personal cell phone number to complete strangers. They could take advantage of it. They could overuse it. They could over-involve me in a way that totally inconveniences and interrupts my life or worse. And believe me, this prayer uh, woman, she has thought about all those reservations. She's calculated all those risks and more, and yet has concluded that if she's going to overflow with the love, agape love of Jesus, It's going to involve a personal cost. It's going to involve the self-sacrifice of her personal agenda or her desires or even giving up a degree of her security and stepping outside of that protective bubble that we all want to live in. Uh, She continues to hand out uh, those cards uh, knowing that agape love is always going to involve a degree of self-sacrifice. And right now I want to address a question that may be rising up in your mind. And your question is, uh, why would anybody want to pursue agape love? I mean, if agape love is uh, this unselfish giving without expecting anything in return, if agape love is this other focus where I'm not focusing on me and my needs, and if agape love is being willing to pay the personal costs of self-sacrifice, Who wants that? I mean, who would pursue agape love? Maybe it makes more sense to just uh, pursue a love that is self-seeking. Well, Jesus anticipates that question, and he said something very powerful in Matthew's gospel, uh, chapter 10. Jesus said, whoever seeks their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. I guess you would say this is a paradox, uh, a paradox, and it's so true. And it's a paradox that we see in our world being played out. Our world is so self-obsessed with a love that is self-obsessed. And we see in our world how it doesn't work. Our love-starved, love-broken, dysfunctional world proves that you can go after a love that is self-focused and you will never find it. It's, uh, I guess we'd call the paradox of self-seeking that you could be uh, summarized like this. The loneliest, most miserable people in the world are those who devote themselves to themselves. And yet the most joyful person who ever lived, the most loved person in world history, is the one whose life defines agape love. As we worship Jesus today, we are agreeing with what God has proven in world history, which is that love is not self-seeking but that the love that we are really looking for to receive, the love that we really are looking for to overflow with into our relationships is not self-seeking. The love we're looking for is this unselfish, other-focused, sacrificial, agape love of Jesus. 
So let's talk about that. Uh, if you're watching online, uh, you're about to see a uh, life story video that leads into some discussion. If you're in the backyard, uh, let's discuss what it will mean for us to pursue the greatest thing, the unselfish, others-focused, sacrificial, agape love of Jesus. Hi, I'm Marion Schrade, and my family and I, we started attending Black Rock in about 1984-85. So almost 36 years we've been attending Black Rock. Well, I serve on the card ministry at Black Rock Church uh, for many, many years. I can't even remember when I started. So I've been sending personalized notes and handwritten cards for many years. Um, oftentimes, uh, notes of appreciation or encouragement to family and friends and people at church. Um, <clears throat> send special occasion cards, anniversaries, holidays, or sometimes just a thinking of you card to uh, say hello. Taking the time intentionally to sit down and write a personal message with a specific person in mind, what they're going through, offering a Bible verse and a word of prayer is so much more meaningful and it's a blessing for the person that receives it, but it's a bigger blessing for me to uh, reach out and show and demonstrate God's love in that way. As a Christian, I think it's always important to be others focused, especially in this time, this challenging time of the COVID, everyone being so alone and feeling isolated. I've wanted to continue my card ministry and reached out to sending words of encouragement to the staff, the worship team, and so many volunteers that were doing so many things to serve the congregation and, and the community at large. Even though we're in a community of over 55 and uh, in our compromised group, it's a way of reaching out and letting people know that, you know, others are here for them. We have a new neighbor here in Oxford Greens, only been here about a year and a half, and her name is Vicki. And we've served on many community events together. And as I've gotten to know her, we walk, we talk, we have coffee together, lunch. And I've shared a lot of my faith with her, and she's so interested. Uh, I sent her a note of encouragement, and this is what she wrote back to me. Dear Marion, no one has ever told me that I am on their heart. This is a beautiful thing to tell someone, and I know you mean it. Thank you so much for caring about me since the moment we moved into Oxford Greens. I've told my friends from before about you but hard to describe just how special you are. I hope that whenever this disastrous situation we are in ends and we are able to go back to our busy lives, that you and I can find time to have coffee and talk. It's been a joy and a blessing to write cards. Um, throughout all the years, my family has been through a lot. And the special verse that has meant so much to me is, uh, Esther 4:14b, and who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And I'm so thankful for the ability to make a difference in people's lives with such a simple act as writing a card, sending an encouragement or a thank you or appreciation. 
so that people know they're being thought of and prayed for, and just to let them know that God loves them and to include the Bible verse in a special message just for them. It's been a significant, meaningful time for me. Wow, I hope you just had the opportunity to see this powerful and meaningful uh, life story uh, featuring Marion Schrade. Uh, and if you have just seen this, uh, you're probably asking, uh, who is behind the camera? Who's the one who's putting together uh, these amazing BlackRock stories uh, of God's love through uh, God's people at BlackRock? Well, the answer is, it's Bruce Tumiel. And Bruce is with me right now. Uh, and uh, Bruce, you're kind of like uh, BlackRock's Steven Spielberg. Yeah, and Spielberg, <laughs> Scorsese, whichever one yeah, you want to go with. Yeah. Uh, and because you're the man behind the camera, we don't get a chance to publicly mm. uh, thank you for uh, the amazing gift that you uh, share with us and being so generous in the way you uh, develop these stories mm. of uh, God's work uh, through yeah. his people. Yep. And uh, it just... Yeah, I'm just curious. I mean, how long is, have you been doing this for BlackRock and how many pieces do you think you've done? Yeah, well, first of all, it is a privilege to do it for BlackRock. Uh, I came alongside BlackRock and started doing these on a volunteer basis for about two years. Uh, and then you guys uh, were like, hey, we want you to work for us. <laughs> and so I uh, felt the uh, Lord's call to that. And so I've uh, been working uh, on staff alongside Tara Morris for about six years. So uh, eight years total. Uh, and over that time, I, I went down memory lane this past week, and uh, I've created, believe it or not, about 500 or so different wow. videos wow. Uh, for BlackRock, all the different ministries, uh, and about 50 of them are these stories of life change, of uh, BlackRockers uh, kind of doing amazing things, uh, God changing their hearts. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and the common theme as I watched uh, a lot of these is, uh, once the Lord really got a hold of uh, these people's hearts, uh, they had no choice but uh, to be others focused. So it was pretty, pretty cool to, to kind of look through a lot of these that I've done. Well, that's exciting. And it really is true that that's our, our theme today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our theme is uh, reviewing God's definition of love as it comes up in the first Corinthians 13 and that phrase that love is not self-seeking. Mm. Uh, yep. And so, so I'm wondering as you're going through uh, these life stories and seeing uh, God working this you know, unselfish, others-focused, sacrificial love through his people, uh, any uh, stories leap out as real examples of this kind of agape love? Yeah, definitely. So uh, a few years ago, I got to go to Nigeria to mm -hmm. visit one of our global partners, uh, Peter Fretheim. Uh, Peter's actually a, a Connecticut native. He grew up in, uh, in Greenwich and uh, the Lord got a hold of his heart and his high school uh, days through the youth, much of which uh, we do here at BlackRock. And so Peter is really uh, a BlackRock yeah, a, a Black Black Rock Rock. guy. He yeah. just happens to be serving uh, <laughs> over in Nigeria. So spent some time over there uh, uh, filming him and stuff like that. And uh, as we began to, to film, uh, there was this running joke uh, that Peter was uh, the poorest Nigerian pastor and they'd bust his chops about Nigerians having- Nigerians would say that. Nigerians yeah, would yeah, say that. His yeah. team, these guys yeah. that he hires, like, oh, Peter's the poorest Nigerian pastor. And, and he had this broken down car and they'd bust his chops because his phone screen was mm. cracked and the buttons weren't <laughs> working. And they were going to like start a GoFundMe to get Peter a phone. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I realized why they were saying this because everything Peter has- yeah. 
he gives away. Right. He, he has this sacrificial, this agape love that is so others focused. Mm. Uh, and so as the time went on, I got to go around and kind of film all these different ministries that God uses him and, and a, a huge team to do. And so um, one of the places I got to go was this orphanage uh, that they care for about 400 mm. orphans. They have, you know, shelter, they have food on their plate. And this is a 24 seven, 365 wow. complete kind of care yep. uh, for these kids. Um, they run medical clinics uh, where people can come in that have no access to healthcare. Uh, they give them medicine, they pray for them, they get checked out and uh, they get a meal. And it is just, it's just amazing. Um, one of the other things they do is they've built hundreds, I think it's almost 800 wells wow. in Nigeria, giving people access to clean drinking water. And then what Peter says, we give them clean drinking water and then we give them living yeah, water. And Jesus. so yeah. there is just amazing ministry uh, that is happening there. And it is it is just this outpouring of being others focused mm-hmm. in this agape love. And, and tons of people are coming to Christ because mm-hmm. of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny after the kind of trip had finished up and, and I was able to kind of process all this that I'd done in a week. Uh, I said to Peter, I said, you and your team are like the McDonald's of Nigeria. McDonald's. The McDonald's. I was like, you guys are everywhere. You're popping up everywhere in every town and billions and billions are getting served uh, with this agape love. Maybe not billions, but a whole heck of a lot of people yeah. are, are just... Um, yeah, just receiving the gospel, and, and it is through that kind of others-focused mentality that this is happening. Wow. That's great. I'm sure Peter is really thrilled that in your mind, he ranks right up there with Ronald McDonald. Yeah. That's, just, that, that's great. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've seen these uh, these videos that you're talking about, and uh, and uh, Peter and Miriam uh, Fredheim are like these heroes of agape love, yeah. and they're not only an example of that, but they're also a daunting example. I'm thinking, yeah. I'll never be like that. But thankfully, a lot of your uh, life stories have also just been about ordinary black rock people uh, living out an extraordinary agape love that makes a, a huge impact Absolutely. in quiet ways, like yeah. the, the Marion story. Right. Marion is a perfect example of this just sweet woman who spent her quarantine, her isolation being others focused yeah. and sending them cards. And you, know, you saw the video appreciation yeah. and thinking of you and just kind of these small things uh, with great love. Uh, Another one is a, a guy that I know here at BlackRock that I got to interview who actually had such a heart for people that couldn't get gainful employment mm-hmm. because of, you know, maybe something that had happened in their past. Background. And so yeah. he built a business model that is based on hiring uh, these people mm-hmm. and getting them gainful employment. So he started a business just to help people get employed who couldn't get employment. Yeah, and so it's just mind boggling. Uh, another one, we've had uh, couples who are just struggling in marriage and on the brink of divorce and other Black Rock couples come alongside them, mentor them, love on them, uh, and, and just uh, you know send them off to marriage retreats. And, and these marriages have come back from disaster. People are, marriages are flourishing. Um, and then, you know, even uh, the, the person who says, hey, I'm going to give up one night a week to get involved in one of the many ministries BlackRock does. And I yeah. think of this one woman who gave up her Tuesday night and said, hey, I'm going to serve in student ministry and, and kind of focus on the next generation and, and kind of love them with agape love and, and just kids being uh, reconciled to the Christ and hearing the gospel yeah. and making decisions. And so it is just... It is amazing to be well, able to do It reminds me of another video I, I've seen uh, that we've done, and that is um, of a young uh, boy at uh, Urban Impact. Yeah. Black Rocker mentors this uh, 
young man, and uh, over time, this agape love changes his life. Yeah. But then we see in the video uh, his mother just weeping mm. with joy out of how this agape love has touched her son and has touched her, and then now is rippling out from her to others. And that's the story of Jesus. I mean, the agape love starts with Jesus yep. and then it ripples out through every person uh, Jesus touches in yeah. our lives. And uh, any other stories that uh, come to your mind like that? Yeah, one, one that really stuck out uh, for me was um, a woman at BlackRock who, uh, uh, she has a son with uh, varying abilities, special needs. You know, he was struggling with some things and, uh, and uh, she kind of was like, you know, I can't be the only one who, who has, uh, you know, a, a son or daughter kind of struggling with some special needs. And so God really put it on her heart to do something and through a lot of prayer and hard work and actually other black rockers mm. uh, getting involved, the Shine Ministry yeah. was born. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the Shine Ministry is a place where uh, kids with uh, varying abilities or special needs uh, can go and just receive the love of God in a way that, that works for mm. them. And then it actually frees the parents up to be able to go to a worship service to connect with God also and be in community. Yeah. And, uh, and one, of the, one of the moms that started going that I talked to, she was searching for a place. Uh, uh, she has two daughters yeah. that had need some uh, extra care and um, hadn't found a church that had something like Shine yeah. and hadn't been to a worship service in five, five years. years. Wow. And so her daughters uh, come and she was able to go to church for the first time and go into the worship service. And I just get emotional, you yeah. know, thinking about interviewing her because it was such an important thing that not only were her daughters receiving uh, God's agape love, but she was able to connect with God as well. Yeah. And it's still happening because yeah. now we're in backyard church and they have their own backyard church that's happening uh, at the Shine Ministry. So it is just amazing to see uh, what God uh, is doing. Wow. So. It's also, it's just emotional for me to think about how God is using you, mm. uh, Bruce, and, uh, and your gift. And, you know, maybe uh, you will never start a new ministry at BlackRock, but uh, maybe just in these moments, you're thinking about uh, how God can use you and fill you with his agape love so that it overflows into your relationships. And you may never be on film, uh, but maybe God is speaking to you now about uh, something small you can do in your relationships to show uh, this kind of agape love that makes a huge impact for his glory. Uh, thanks, Bruce. And uh, why don't we close in a word of prayer? Lord, thank you for your agape love for us. Thank you for the way you uh, fill us with this agape love so that we can overflow with this uh, unselfish, others-focused, sacrificial agape love we find only in you, Jesus. Uh, fill us with that love now for your glory and our joy. Amen.